verse 50, and then all of his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed in only a long linen shirt. And when the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and he ran away naked. And they take Jesus to the high council and the trial starts. And meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard and there he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. And Jesus goes through the trial, which we'll look at next week or the week after. Meanwhile, verse 66, Peter was in the courtyard below. And one of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and and she noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Jesus of, of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway, and, and just then a rooster crowed. <coughs> and when the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, this, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, You must be one of them, because you're, you're Galilean. And Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I do not know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. And suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. stood there alone. Jim, would you like to come and sing that song for us?
suffered, bled, and died alone. Jesus, please help us to see the truth about you and the truth about us. More than seeing, Lord, help us to change our lives based on what we see. As we look at your word, Lord, help it to stick in our heads and lodge in our hearts and change how we walk. Amen. And please speak through me, I pray. Amen. He goes to the cross alone. He's betrayed. Oh!
and Sunday school at the back. And I was absolutely right. There are no kids in the church. <laughs> I haven't forgotten the offering either. That one is in my program for today. Isn't it wonderful to have kids in the church? Really nice. Lord, thank you for the children. I pray that they would learn more about you. Lord, that they would learn the value of looking to you and remembering you, the King who was dead and is alive again. Please help us now as we also look to you to learn the value of you and to understand ourselves. And would you change us to make us more like you? Amen. So Jesus does go to the cross alone. Let let me go back to where I was. Jesus goes to the cross alone. Remember what we've seen so far. We've seen him at the Last Supper with his closest friends, the meal he eagerly desired to eat with them. He says to them, one of you will betray me. And each one of them looked at him and said, you know what, maybe it's me. Is it me? It's not me, is it? It's it's not. It's not me. And we saw that each one of us have to ask ourselves that question. Will I betray you, Jesus? We followed him out to the Mount of, of Gethsemane. As he stood there, the Mount of Olives, he stood in Gethsemane fell to the ground and we, we watched as Jesus prayed and, and his disciples didn't pray. And we learned how Jesus faced the temptation to run away from the cross and how he challenged his three closest disciples, Peter, James and John, to watch and pray and how they didn't watch and they didn't pray. And today we see him Betrayed by one disciple. We saw that last week. Abandoned by ten disciples, absolutely. And publicly and bitterly and horribly renounced by his closest friend. Standing just across the courtyard. Luke tells us that when the rooster crows, I think it's Luke tells us that when the rooster crows, Jesus looked at Peter. You know, you know, old Peter was standing there going, I don't know him. Curse him, I don't know him. While Jesus was just there. And even this aloneness of Jesus is part of God's plan. Jesus must go alone into this time of trouble because only He can save us. Only He can do what needs to be done. Only He can face the darkness. And yet, 
horribleness of horribles. This is on the way to Gethsemane where Jesus is going to pray till sweat drips like blood from him. And on the way, he looks at his disciples and he says to them, all of you will desert me. Now, that's an interesting word, desert. Um, The NIV uh, probably has the word fall away. All of you will fall away. But the the actual word there is, I'm sorry for this, it's scandalize. Scandalize. All of you, says Jesus, will be scandalized because of me. The first time we have this this word group coming up in Mark is in Mark chapter 4, which is where Jesus tells the story of the sower. You remember that story where he sows seed and some falls on the path and some falls on the good soil and and the good soil grows up and produces a harvest 10, 30, 40, 100 times as much. <clears throat> but some of the seed, we're told, falls on the rocky ground. And it sprouts and, and you get this vigorous growth happening and it's just going on. And it looks like you're going to have a fantastic crop in this rocky ground. And then you get a bit of heat coming and a bit of sunshine coming and all of a sudden it withers and it dies. And Jesus says that people like that, when persecution arises on account of the word, they are scandalized and they fall away. It's an interesting parable, that parable, isn't it? Because we often think, well, what type of soil am I? Am I good soil? Am I the, the path? You, you all know the parable, don't you? Am I the path where the seed is? No, I believe in Jesus. But rocky soil? You know what? The disciples were rocky soil. Jesus turned to his friends who had followed him for three years And he looked at them and said, you are all going to be scandalized by me. You're going to run away because you don't want to be close to me. You're going to stumble. Because there's going to be persecution. And yeah, this idea is just foreign. But what does Jesus say? He he quotes, he says, the scriptures say, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. No, Jesus, that's not right. Everyone knows that God will strike the people who hate us and God will destroy our enemies and we will come together. God says, I will strike the shepherd and my sheep will scatter. (coughs) And their faith will be broken almost. Almost. 
because Jesus will be taken away. And the cornerstone taken out of this community. Cornerstone's an important building block. Without it, the building's not level. And it's suddenly been ripped out. Jesus is quoting from Zechariah chapter 13. Go home and read that this afternoon. It's, it's a passage which speaks about the shepherd being struck down and the sheep being scattered, but there's a reason for that. And the reason is that God's people might be refined and made into a new people. But at this stage of the story, they're not at the refining and being made new people bit. They're just at the scattering and being broken. Don't you love the disciples? <coughs> hey, Jesus, said Peter in Mark chapter 8, I believe that you are the Son of God, the Holy One, the Messiah. Jesus straight away, well, I'm going to die. Don't talk nonsense, Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. You hear what he does here? Jesus, this man that he has claimed to be prophet, claimed to be teacher, claimed to be Messiah. <coughs> Peter looks at him. Jesus says, I tell you, you will all scatter because the Scriptures have said it. And Peter turns to him and says, Nonsense. Call, to be, call yourself a prophet, Jesus. That's not going to happen. Just, just think about that for a moment. Peter is saying, Jesus, you are a false prophet. Because what you have just said will not happen, and I should know because, hey, I'm Peter. Have you met me? These other blokes, yeah, maybe they'll fall. I don't know about James and John, but have you met me? You got your story wrong, Jesus. You and I are tight. By the way, you're no good as a prophet. That's horrible. I, I don't think he was thinking through what he was saying, but, but, but that is in effect what he is saying to Jesus. He's saying, Jesus, you are a false prophet. Now get on and do things the way I want you to do them. And say things the way I see them. And all the other disciples, well, they're just like Peter. They, they turn around and go, oh, yeah, no, 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 Jesus, you're wrong. We, we, won't, we won't desert you. We won't run. Oh, scripture, Scripture. Zechariah 13 happened a long time ago. We're going to stand by you. We'll die with you. God will strike the shepherd. Fine, we'll be struck too. remember two weeks back as they were sitting having the last supper with Jesus? Jesus' comment, one of you will betray me. And do you remember their response? <coughs> it's not I, is it? I'm not sure, but I think it's not me, but, but am I going to betray you? 
They've gone from, well, maybe I will betray you, to I will never, ever betray you. You don't have to do this alone, Jesus. Don't worry, you've got strong friends around you. And maybe we know God's will better than you do. And they speak a good game, don't they? And Peter even, when the, when the crowds come to arrest Jesus, Peter even slashes with his sword once. He does it pathetically. He's like, he'd, make, he'd get kicked out of the army in a day, old Peter. But, but he has a go. But they run away. <coughs> they just run away. Mark's the only gospel to tell us about this young man wearing nothing but a linen cloth, linen garment, probably an undergarment. Um, linen garment, it's an expensive piece of clothing. Um, someone who was following Jesus is grabbed by the arresting party and he manages to wriggle himself free and he runs away buck naked into the darkness. And, and there's some talk in the early church fathers um, that, that possibly this man was John Mark, the author of the gospel himself. And speculation, because it doesn't actually say, but, but if it was that the Last Supper was held in the house of John Mark, the guy who wrote the gospel, then it's possible that, that he saw Judas leading the soldiers, and maybe they came looking at the house first and then went out, and so he was running ahead to warn them. And, and you can imagine how he's running, and he, he just wants to warn them, and he gets there, and all of a sudden he's in the midst of it all, and they're grabbing at him, and he, he just runs. The strong young man. Amos speaks about how on the day of the Lord, even the strong young men will run away. And they grab at him and he runs. <coughs> I'd run. To my shame. Wouldn't you? If there was a mob there standing with swords and clubs saying, we're going to get you Jesus. And between us, we've only got two swords. One of them's held by Peter, is useless with it. I'd run. What would you do if there are people who have faced this. People come against the church with guns and machetes. So we're going to stop this Jesus business in our neighborhood. <coughs> and they run. Peter's maybe feeling a little bit guilty at running, though, because he, he follows on a little bit with John. And they managed to get entrance into the, the courtyard of the high priest. And we're going to be looking, I think it's next week, at Jesus as he is interrogated and declared guilty, although found innocent. 
while Jesus is inside under horrible, horrible fire. Peter's standing outside. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I forgot the microphone was on. Jesus is boldly confessing. You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand and coming on the clouds. Peter stands in the courtyard. And just one of the servant women asks him, aren't you one of them? And his little bit of, I will follow Jesus. Do you know how feeble it is? Peter, the rock, the rock on whom I shall build my church. I think he got a single drop of water on him and it just dissolves. You know, what happens to Peter is like a parody of what happens to Jesus. So we have the first question. Aren't you one of them? Verse 66. You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. She's probably looking at him. She, she might have been there. Peter says, no. I don't know what you're talking about. And do you see what he does? He's been sitting at the fire warming himself. Oh, it's so nice here at the fire. Oh, I'm, I'm, I just need to get a bit more comfortable. Well, Jesus is in there. He's getting comfortable at the fire. A little bit of a question. What does he do? He creeps away. <clears throat> a little bit further from the light. Maybe there's something in that. He's, he's pulling away from, <coughs> from where the light is. And the servant girl comes up to him again and says, probably still standing at the fire and she's looking across and she's going, He's one of them. 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 And what does Peter do? He denies it. And our English translations don't catch it very well, but, but, but if you look at the original, the, the word is there that he, he keeps denying it. He's one, no, I'm not. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I don't know him. I, I'm not one of them. I, I don't know him. I, I, I really... No, uh, no, 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 no. And he's stepping further and further. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know him. And it's probably his, his constant talking that, that shows his accent because he's, he's got a hillbilly accent. I can't do accents. He's got a horrible accent. He's got a Galilean accent. He sounds like he's, he's stupid. They look down on the Galileans and... And all of his talking saying, I don't know him, I don't know him, shows his accent more and more until they look at him and say, you are one of them, we can tell that you're from Galilee. swears. 
swear as in using bad language, but he swears an oath. He says, I swear. It's like putting his hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth. I am telling the truth. And he calls down a curse. New Living Translation says, A curse on me if I'm lying. But there's no, there's no object in the original. It just says, He calls down a curse. quite possible it is quite possible as much possible as Peter curses himself curse me if I'm lying that he says curse him I don't know him We can't choose between those two based on what the text says. Both pretty bad, aren't they? God, curse me. I swear I'm telling the truth. I don't know him. Or God, curse him. I don't know him. Just may he be destroyed. I don't know him. Stop bugging me. By about the year 110, um, when the Romans were out to get the Christians, and also the Jews, there was the Jewish rebel leaders, had the same technique to try and make sure that you weren't a Christian. (coughs) I believe it was Polycarp, the church father, went through this as well. If you cursed Jesus... You were set free because obviously you weren't a Christian. In fact, the Romans gave you three opportunities to curse Jesus. And if you cursed Jesus, you were set free. The Roman, Roman historians wrote that anyone who curses Jesus, cursing Jesus is something that no Christian would ever do. I hope not. You know, even if Peter didn't say curse Jesus, even if he didn't use all colorful language about Jesus, isn't his action just as damning? Curse me, I don't know him. Because by saving his own skin, what is he doing? He's saying, I don't want to be associated with him. Actually, I'm I'm rather scandalized by that guy over there.
He's making my life a little bit difficult at the moment. Just shut up, everyone. Leave me alone. I don't know him. Think about it in terms of practice now. Have you ever known somebody who's got into trouble with the law? Maybe yourself, I don't know. Let <laughs> you say, I've not got into trouble with the law. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Glennis. I'm right behind you, friend. Preferably where they can't see me. I'm right behind you. Call me on the mobile because you might not get me if you shout. I'm, right, I'm way behind you. It's so tempting to withdraw from those who are in trouble to save our own skin. I wonder if that's not partly human nature. And yet here is Jesus... Yeah, he's in trouble. It's not trouble of his own. It's our trouble that he's in. And we're just going there going, yeah, 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 deal with him. I'm over here. I don't know him. Don't look at me. I'm not the one who had a sword in the garden. Don't look at me. I don't even know this man. I'm just randomly creeping into some high priest's home and sitting around the fire. Doesn't everyone do that? Don't look at me. as Jesus is going alone to offer up his life and his blood and his flesh for us. Peter's sitting in the courtyard with me and with you. And he's saying, Phew! Got to watch out for my own skin. Jesus can take care of himself. cock crows a second time and Peter remembers what Jesus said and he remembers I'm sure his own words as well I will never betray you I am so strong I am so on fire for you I will never be ashamed of you you said I'd be a scandalized you said I'd be ashamed nonsense I will stand by you to the greatest cost even my own life I will go to the to the death with you cock crows and he wow wow Jesus what have I done and he breaks down and he cries maybe he remembers what Jesus said the last time 
You remember Mark 8 where, where Peter confessed you are the Christ and then said, you're not going to die. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. In that same passage, roundabouts, Jesus says, Mark 8, 29, if anyone is ashamed of me, ashamed of me, scandalized by me, and ashamed of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. think those, those words popped into Peter's head? Have you ever been ashamed of Jesus? No, we don't really face the sort of persecution here that, <coughs> that many do, that the early church faced. We don't really have this option between testifying to our faith in Jesus or dying. Maybe our shame comes in subtler forms of silence, of timidity, of not wanting to be identified as Christians. Like, like Peter. That, that's what Peter's doing. He's saying, I'm just here with you people. I don't really... Look, I've been following my whole life, yes, but well, three years of it, but I don't really know him. Don't bunch me in with those churchy people. Don't classify me as a religious nutter. I don't, I look, you know, I don't really know him. Yes, I'm from Galilee. I don't know him. We try and blend into the crowd of those who are the enemies of the Lord. You know, to, to be scandalized by Jesus is a daily temptation. And, and Peter is not an example to say, you know what, it's okay to be scandalized by Jesus. Peter is an example of fallen human nature. This is not how God intends for us to be. Oh, I'm strong enough. I will never deny the Lord. Even should I go to my grave, I will never deny him. Oh, I pray that we don't. You know what? There, there have been countless Christians who have been martyred for the faith, refusing to deny their Lord. And there are countless times that each one of us has stood up and said, I belong to Jesus. In places where that has not been politically correct or worldly appropriate. 
mentioned it a few times recently, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. <coughs> you know what? It is no bad thing to say, I do not want to deny and be scandalized by Jesus. It's, it's a good thing to say, I don't want to be scandalized. I will stand firm to the end. That is, a, say it, say it all the day. But for goodness sake, let's not say, I will do it because have you met me? I am strong. My faith is so big. That is what the disciples did. They said, praying in the garden. Bah, we didn't need that last week. And yet, oh, we're so strong. Jesus, we will never deny you. And yet in ourselves, without God's help, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. As the old hymn puts it. <coughs> 1 Peter four uh, 5.10, Peter says, In His kindness God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. And so after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundational power to Him forever. Amen. We're almost done. Because we can't finish it here. You know what the story is? The story is about Jesus saying, I will scatter the sheep. I will, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. <coughs> and it happens. And they're scandalized by him. And perhaps it still happens to us every now and again. But you might have noticed that I missed out part of what Jesus said in all of my speaking so far. And the disciples missed it out as well. They went straight to the, we will never deny you. But what did Jesus say? He says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter and then I will go ahead of you into Galilee. <coughs> Mark 16 verse 7, Jesus says, or the angel says, let's have a look, to, uh, to Mary, says, go and tell, I think it's the angel, go and tell his disciples that I will meet you ahead in Galilee. This young man. Go and tell his disciples, including Peter. <laughs> Don't you love that? Go and tell all of them because they've all, they've all done a job of being scandalized by me. But go and tell all of them and make sure you tell Peter. Jolly well, make sure you tell Peter that Jesus is going on ahead. And he expects you to come and he expects you to follow. I pray that we are not scandalized by Jesus and are not scandalized by the cross. And I know we're not in our heads, but I pray we are not in our actions. I 
Proverbs in one of the readings this week said that we should in all of our ways acknowledge Him and He will make our paths straight. In all of the ways that we do. And if we have, and if we do, let's pray that we don't. Let's ask for God's strength that we will stand up for Him and not be ashamed of Him. But you know what, Mark is the gospel of second chances. The gospel is the gospel of second chances. You know what, if Peter could be restored and reestablished on the ro- as the rock on which Jesus Christ built his church after denying Jesus and perhaps even cursing him out, after saying to the Lord, you are a false prophet. If Peter could be restored and forgiven. Isn't there hope for us? Because it is the scandal brings the salvation. And Peter cried. And Jesus said, tell Peter I'm coming. And he must come and meet me. Oh Jesus, thank you that you were struck for us. Lord, we are, we are not ashamed of you and we don't want to ever be ashamed of you and yet there have been times when we have kept quiet when we should have spoken, where we've feared the crowd more than we've feared your glory. Forgive us, we pray. We don't have the strength to, to not scatter. But you do. Please give it to us. Help us to be bold for you. Thank you that it is the very scandal. You, God, Jesus dying for us. It is that very scandal that means that we get second chances. Amen.